Hi, welcome back to the Only Real Cure to Borderline Personality Disorder podcast. I'm Shamala Del Rosario. I'm 53. I'm a mother, a grandmother, a wife, and I've also lived with distorted perceptions for my entire life. A year ago, I stumbled across Brian Barnett, and from that moment, my misperceptions began to unravel. I had been convinced that there was something fundamentally wrong with me and that I was unfixable. As I continued to do the inner work to root out the underlying subconscious distorted core belief that my feelings are irrelevant and shameful, devoid of worth and therefore so am I, I'll be using this podcast platform to share my insights and thoughts. I strongly suggest that you subscribe to thelastsymptom.com and The Last Symptom Podcasts. And before I'm accused of plagiarism, let me explain that The Last Symptom is a free resource that I have had and continue to have the privilege of learning from. And so I'll frequently reference Brian Barnett's work. And when you think about it, my recovery is based on his support and approach. I'm still recording this directly onto my phone, so the sound quality isn't that great. Uh, Sorry about that. And I'm also still new to podcasting. Uh, Let's just get this disclaimer out of the way before we move on to talk about today's topic. So just to be clear, these are my personal experiences and insights of borderline personality disorder. I'm not qualified in any field of emotional or mental health. And whoever chooses to listen to listen is responsible for their own thoughts, feelings and actions. I hope you're all well. I just wanted to tell you that I've actually had over 1,000 downloads on this podcast. So thank you so much for listening and supporting me. It means a lot. It genuinely, it really, really does. And I do hope every insight that I do have can can resonate and bring you one step closer to to emotional health. I was was brave enough to post my podcast uh, link onto my personal Facebook page last week. You know, kind of completely then coming out of the borderline personality disorder closet you know kind of opened myself a little bit more and for me this was kind of it was symbolic you know shame is the it's the core distorted belief that i filtered every interaction and thought and analyzed them over over and over again you know throughout my entire life you know self-image confidence, personality, mannerisms, habits, all interactions and all filtered through that distorted lens. I mean, my struggles I've kept secret due to that shame. So admitting and, well, accepting it as something that is not shameful, it's big. It's a big relief too. But I won't lie and say I didn't feel a a little bit anxious. I mean, that that made sense because I, I I was wondering what would people would be thinking, you know. Yeah, I mean, I did lean towards the the negative side of it first, but I told myself that I've got I've got no rights, responsibility or authority over anyone else's thoughts, feelings or behaviors and that kind of that makes sense, doesn't it? Cuz in reality that is that's the truth. You know, it's my story, my insights, my mistakes, my acceptance of my mistakes. People can make of it what they what they will. I mean, what's the worst that they can say? She messed up big time. Well, I mean, that's what I'm really saying, isn't it? So, oh, well. 
Uh, a couple of cousins, um, they've sent nice and supportive messages, which actually did make me cry. I don't like crying, I don't know about you, but I, I don't like it at all. I feel kind of really uncomfortable. Even when I'm alone, I try not, I try not to do it. I remember going, you know, years ago to the cinema, trying to distract myself from the, from the sad parts to make sure that I didn't, I didn't cry, you know, didn't crack. That was weak, you know, kind of, come on, Shamala, pull yourself together. Because, I mean, when I admit it, every time that I've ever cried, which isn't really that many, it's actually, it's been a full-on crisis. So crying, it's kind of been like a, a red flag. And I suppose, I don't know, that's been my coping mechanism to repress feelings so as to to appear normal, you know, kind of to fit in. Kind of also, this afternoon, a friend of mine rang me. And I've known this guy ever since I was like four or five. And it's, he told me that he said, you know, I've listened to the podcast and I wanted to, wanted to ask me a few questions. So it was like, okay. Anyway, he was, um, he was wondering whether I'd thought this through and whether or not I'd considered the, the impact on, on my reputation. And he asked kind of how people were reacting to me and, you know, saying that it might have been a better idea not to do it. Kind of like what would happen in, in my career after revealing all these, these secrets and, and why should I talk about childhood things, you know, after, after all these years. It wasn't being mean, kind of just, I don't know, in, inquiring. But I wasn't mean in my response either, which was, well, Trev, th this is me accepting my, my emotional health as something that I do not have to be ashamed of. And I do explain in every every single podcast why I want to share my insights with others that have got the same problems kind of navigating life. Anyway, we ended the call with him kind of congratulating me on, on my openness, which was nice. And anyway, so as soon as as soon as he'd asked that question, I'd actually consciously looked out for shame, you know, because I thought to myself, you know, that's a perfect for scenario for shame. And I recognise that straight away and I'm really, I'm kind of proud that I did recognise that because that was one of my, one of my first thoughts, where is shame? You know, but I, I didn't have the deflating feeling, you know, that, that kind of the first prick for the slow puncture. No, I, I didn't have that, I didn't get that at all. But I decided to go over it in my mind anyway, just in case, you know, just in case something was kind of lurking around. Anyway, so... I kind of, I re-examined my thinking and I was actually, I was happy with, with my conclusions. And about, about 10 minutes later, it must have been, I, I started crying and I didn't understand kind of why I was crying. I, I wasn't ashamed. Why was I crying? I was flipping out. I've dealt with this emotionally, healthily. What's going on? But anyway, I decided not to stop it. Just kind of cry and see what happens. So I did. I cried, probably probably for five minutes, maybe not even five minutes. I didn't like it at first. But then I kind of reminded myself that, you know, remember, feelings are never good or bad, right or wrong. They're just feelings. And so I, I just continued to kind of cry, but trying not to judge the feeling from it that I was, you know, because it was me generating it, just let it out. 
and it actually it wasn't it wasn't that difficult and after I'd cried I thought about um, my feelings and I saw that crying itself that isn't bad and this 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 crying that I'd just been crying just now this wasn't a red flag I wasn't heading for a breakdown this crying was like um, like a relief and and a mixture of other things it was it was kind of good to experience it to kind of see and feel that crying is not weak or bad and that crying can be a response to many situations it's not just things that i need to to repress and this might sound ridiculous but although i know that my core problem and everybody else who's got emotional unhealth kind of core problem is that we view feelings themselves as shameful but i hadn't connected crying with feelings i hope that makes sense but for me crying it was just weak bad don't do it you know and it wasn't until a little bit later when i when i was kind of feeling bad if you like and i and then i was questioning why because i hadn't taken my friend's comments to heart and i'd been super vigilant to kind of dump in any shame that it, that could possibly manifest so it was like why have i still got that feeling where was this shame where was it where was it coming from and then i had this kind of aha moment i cried so crying is it's a demonstration of a feeling and so because i'd actually cried what i'd done is i'd subconsciously judged myself for crying itself you know for actually experience the feeling i don't know any, whether any of you also kind of subconsciously judge yourselves as shameful just for for crying i don't know because you're dead to to feel i don't know but it, it was big for me anyway but the deeper message that I found that I've actually been believing and living by was that my emotions, my pain, my hurts, they kind of burdened other people in some way. So I would repress them even more because I was kind of afraid of the labels of inconsiderate and maybe self-centered because, because of that message. I think, well, probably it is, but I think this is why I've kind of stayed away from uh, romantic relationships wherever possible. I mean, I could always repress my feelings in the workplace, but relationships, well, they're not kind of like that, are they? Because, well, if anybody spent enough time with me, they'd eventually see how kind of unstable and chaotic I was. And for me, I always, I always felt like... I don't know, like a fraud about to dis, dis, be discovered, maybe just by crying itself, because that would be, I don't know, that weakness. I mean, even though I, I stayed single for the majority of my life, really, I couldn't manage to keep my symptoms secret in the workplace either. I suppose I'm classed as high-functioning, if you like, at work. My role normally involves the running of a whole operation whole operation so any in industry it doesn't really matter as long as i know what the objectives are and i then i can get the job done it always kind of 
involves kind of firefighting, you know, reprioritizing different projects, getting people and different departments to perform to plan. But that's what I'm actually good at. I've always been a bossy boots as well. Well, you know, HR legislation, health and safety legislation, policies, procedures, compliance. I like compliance. It's probably perfect for me because it was either right or wrong. Yeah, you know, like I said, I'm good, I'm good at that type of thing. And I'll heavily, heavily kind of invest myself into a new job. Probably actually similarly, similarly to people that kind of heavily invest into new relationships, kind of to begin with. So I'd create myself, you know, that best version of me, you know, but I'd still have that box, box in my mind. You know, I've always got that box and every time something goes wrong that could cause stress or a crying moment, it gets kind of shoved into that box and locked away before it can kind of affect me. But obviously locking it all up never means it goes away. And I dump more and more and more into that box over time and then try to keep that box locked up, keep that lid on it. But then inevitably what always happened was one day it kind of blows and people got to see a glimpse into me. You know, I mean, because I've never kind of been the type to have a bunch of mini breakdowns. It's, I just end up having one massive emotional, sh emotionally shattering breakdown, I suppose. And it kind of destroys my career for a while, every free, every um, few years, to be honest. Um, crying, crying in public in front of work people or, or whatever. Um, I've beaten myself up about this so many times and I didn't even realise what I was actually doing, that it was just the crying, the crying itself. And then I suppose because each new job, I suppose like each new relationship people go into, but I promise myself it'll be better this time. And you, you'd put on your, well, I would, I'd put on my absolute best when kind of recreating myself you know tune into what is wanted and needed and make make them believe in me but invariably I kind of slip and even a tiny glimpse of the real fragile and insecure maybe unhinged personality of me is kind of revealed and whenever that that occurred it's always been end game or the beginning of kind of end game you know you know that moment of being technically discovered my weakness that is of kind of crying when this happens I, I kind of I did I've become increasingly uncomfortable in myself you know it's like suddenly being faced with yourself through the mirror of the of the boss even I, yeah of the boss I'd see myself as that horror that I actually was and I couldn't deal with it. And that's when I'd sabotage and that's the crisis. I'd cried now. And then that was it. I was worthless because I'd cried. So for me, crying, it's been such a, a massive thing for me that I'd not really, not really thought about, which sounds really silly. And... 
Well, I really like to know how you how you've judged yourselves for crying. I mean, do you do it consciously or subconsciously, or did you guys? I don't know. Did you recognise crying as the feeling a long time before me? Be really interesting um, to hear from you. But anyway, I mean, that's it for me uh, for t- for today. And as ever, I really appreciate your support. Um, please do continue to like, comment, share and subscribe, etc. And hopefully speak again soon. Okay, bye.